Hey, welcome back into another episode of the officially unofficial Roto Heat Guillotine League podcast. I'm Kevin Kloss. This week we return to a fan favorite. Commissioner Rob Sullivan comes on the show today. Talk a little smack about Anthony Leone. He shoots some shade over at my team. Can you believe it? I'm the host and I get that kind of a treatment. Rob's my buddy. It's okay. He can do that kind of stuff. And we talk about why am I bidding on injured players and... Could there be a change coming to this league for next season? It is a bad idea, I admit that, but Rob and I will toss back and forth a bad twist that could be coming to next year's league. Here we go. Rob Sullivan, welcome back to the pod. Normally, if I'd be having you on right now, I would feel very sorry for you, but you're still alive. You're still managing to survive week to week. Did you expect to still be here heading into week six? And not just alive, but the fourth highest scoring team in the whole league. So it would be pretty egotistical to say yes, but absolutely yes. <laughs> so you expected to still be here. You didn't think at any point in the previous five weeks, you didn't think you were, you know, the odd man out? Well, week one was a little bit nerve wracking. I, I went down to Monday night being head on the chopping block. And if I remember correctly, it was, I know that Darren Waller went berserk in mm-hmm. week one and, and I prevailed and I was happy to do so. I also panicked um, after being on with you in the you know, inaugural episode mm-hmm. and running through my roster and realizing how mm-hmm. not good it was. And also at the same time, realizing that that was my roster, I panicked a little bit and I added, uh, um, Austin Eckler was questionable entering week one. So I went to the waiver wire and I added Tyson Williams who scored a touchdown in week one and helped me get through. But in hindsight, I would have liked to have paid less for him because I'm pretty sure I was the only guy bidding on him and I did throw $100 of my fab away. So there is a little bit of that. But all in all, I'm, I'm still here. I'm healthy. I, I have no cuts. Um, so yeah, you know, I'm... Uh, and as expected, we outlasted Blair. So it's kind of just status quo, right? That's right. You're sort of here representing Blair, to be honest. He couldn't come on this week, which is understandable. You're my closest link to Blair, so it just made sense to have you come back on. (laughs) And you know what? You're right. When we talked that first time, the one thing we talked about was, did you have the running back depth to survive week to week in what's a pretty deep league, especially back in week one with 18 teams? Eckler worked out very well for you. He's the number two fantasy running back in this league. Yeah, you had to guess. So he's two. If you had to guess, the next best running back on your team is ranked running back what? It's probably either J.D. McKissick or Javonta Williams. So we've got to be down in the low 30s. You know what? This is why you are a professional. It is Javante Williams, and he is 32, which I would call the low 30s. Very good, Rob. Wow. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Much better at the guessing game than Anthony Leone, I must say. Wow, that's that's a low bar, my friend. So I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but I will take it as so. So thank you. Speaking of Anthony, is he flirting with disaster? I mean, the last couple of weeks, he looks like he is just, you know, it looks like he's on the precipice of going home each of the last couple of weeks. And then, you know, the Indianapolis Colts pretty much bail him out. Mm -hmm. 
And he doesn't really pick anyone up. He spent $4.44 this past week when waivers finally ran. You know, you know him. You know his team. You know the way he likes to play. Is he flirting with disaster at this point? Yeah, but I think that's Anthony's daily life, to be totally honest with you. I think he just, you know, flirts with disaster seven days a week. So the guillotine league with him sort of hair on fire, living on the edge, that's where, that's his comfort zone. You know, most of us that would be uncomfortable feet to the fire, Anthony's just busting out a stick and some marshmallows. Like he loves it in that area. So yeah, he, he's a little bit, um, he's fun. And, and, you know, like you guys talked about, I really hope he sticks around mm-hmm. um, because he's entertaining and he's like, everybody needs a black hat and he's definitely our, our league villain. So, but his team's not very good. So I think he does need to spend some money, but I'd like him to stick around a little bit longer, probably because I want it to hurt a little bit more when he gets chopped. I get that. And I, I, I look forward to that same thing. Here's what I would say concerns me slightly. I think he's very good at this. Okay. I think he's very savvy in terms of looking at him as, as a fantasy football member, league member. Okay. And so the longer he's around, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like that team that sneaks in. Maybe the NFL is like the sixth seed, and you think, well, they don't have a shot. It'll just be funny to watch them lose later, and then they win that wild card round. Then they're in the divisional round. They sneak by. Now they're in the AFC Championship game. Kind of like maybe one of those Rex Ryan Jets teams where you're like, oh, they're one game from the Super Bowl. If Peyton Manning doesn't wake the frig up in the second half for the Colts. The Jets are going to be in the Super Bowl. That's my fear with Anthony Leone. It's just hanging around. Everyone's kind of entertained with the shtick. And then we look up, and there's like four owners left, and he has more cash than anybody. That's my concern. He's a fantasy cockroach. Yeah. It's a great way to put it. Yeah. So that would, huh. that would be my concern with, with Anthony Leone. And I will say, just looking at his team, I was looking at it this afternoon. He's routinely saved by Jonathan Taylor big plays and Mm -hmm. Michael Pittman catches from the improbable Carson Wentz. So really, if the Colts ever just have a really bad week, I think he's going to be in a tough spot, largely because the DK Metcalf thing still puzzles me. It seems like he'll get four targets in the first half, catch all of them, have a touchdown, and then he won't get targeted the rest of the game. And Julio Jones is kind of like, is he playing? Is he not playing? Is he playing but hurt? So that if he's not going to spend up on somebody and the Colts ever get mm-hmm. shut down, I think it's going to be hard for him to score enough to stick around. Yeah, and, and, and the Colts are okay this week. I believe it's Houston that, right. they're, that they're matching up with, so I'm not too concerned about them there. Um, but his running backs are, are other than JT, are, 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 they're almost – you know, Kevin Kloss, like, like they're not Ooh. good. Right. Like Chase Edmonds, uh, he's, he's having a decent year, but nasty matchup this week against Cleveland, Kenneth Gainwell, Sony, Michelle, Latavius Murray. No one's excited about that. It's kind of like having Leonard Fournette um, as your lead back, but James Robinson has really saved your bacon. So um, you've done well there. And it, and it sort of, you know, mutes the stench of Devin Singletary and Peyton Barber. So you've done extremely well with just a gnarly um, (laughs) backfield. And I did a little homework 
oh, coming into this. Oh, bye. And I looked at, because we're into bye weeks, mm-hmm. right? And we have some gentlemen that are up against it a little bit with some injuries and some bye weeks. Curtis is kind of up against it this week. Tried to make a trade with him today. He shot me down. Um, week seven is very interesting because it's like crazy amount of teams on bye. Our buddy Stebs has eight of his 14 players on bye in week seven. Yeah, I saw that the other week. Darcy has four. Curtis has four. Um, but Anthony, no guys on bye this week. One guy on bye in week seven. One guy on bye in week eight. And $839 of his $1,000 budget. So I think you're on to something there. I will admit, I knew how much fab he had left last week. And I, mm-hmm. I, I checked and saw that he only spent like four bucks this week. It's a concern for me that if he's around and just has more cash than everybody else, that he's just, that when, when one of those teams goes out, that's got, I don't know, you know, not to pick this guy's team this week, but like Delvin Cook and Alvin Kamara, or, mm-hmm. you know, you pick, you pick the wide receiver, the elite wide receiver that, that you want to grab CD lamb, Justin Jefferson and Anthony sitting there with, Upwards of $900 out of a $1,000 fab budget. He's just mm-hmm. going to outspend everybody. And then we're going to have to deal with, you know, th- it's my nightmare. Like my nightmare is Anthony Leone winning the league. And I like you, Anthony as a guy, but that's my nightmare. Yeah, I don't really. You know, he's, he's okay. <laughs> um, I tolerate his existence. He's a fun guy to have around. Uh, him and I do that show Tuesday mm-hmm. nights with Brad and it's a ton of fun. But Kevin, you have a hundred, you have $800 as well. This is you know, true. Chris has $868. Mm-hmm. There's, there's some money here. Travis, who is like just living on a prayer, um, was a Latavius Murray touchdown away from being chopped himself when that game goes to overtime on Monday. He has $673. Like there's some guys with some cash that can make, Anthony work for it. Like by no means is he smooth sailing here. So the good news for Anthony is he has a lot of money. The bad news is he has a ton of holes in which he's suspended on. I think there's better teams in this league. I look at Darcy's team and I think he's Mm -hmm. stacked. Like I think he's laughing right now. He's got Mahomes, Derek Henry, CeeDee Lamb, and Travis Kelsey. Like those are the pillars at each position on his roster. None of us can touch that. And he's got 500, just under $500 left. So, and it's, and we're entering week six, right? Like there's such a lot, Mm -hmm. a long way to go. So much more runway to, to use up that I just think anything can happen here. And that's why, again, I'll say this is to me, the greatest format in fantasy football, where you can get our chat just exploding on a Monday night where like who else in what league is like living and dying on Latavius Murray's every move in overtime in week five, no one cares, but we were, we couldn't stop. It's just every week, except for one, it's come down to Monday night and it's come down to just insanity. And I love it. You know, I wonder, cause this is something I feel is talked about a lot within our league and the members of our league is just how insane it is that Sunday night and Monday night are almost always deciding who's chopped this is the only guillotine league I'm in this year. So part of me wants to say, well, this is the format. The format's amazing. Yeah. And then there's another part of me that wants to say, is this league like lightning in a bottle? Like 
are there guillotine leagues where, hey, it's Sunday at 530 and, and you know, we know Gerald's going home or we know Derek's gone this week because of yeah. A, B, and C. Is this league for some reason set up in a way where like, hey, we're just getting these great finishes and maybe not every guillotine league is like that? I, I don't know. I'm in six of them. Wow. I'm happy to say oh that I'm, I'm, I'm still alive in all of them. Um, but none of them, I think I'm in 28 leagues in total and it's sure. total anarchy and it's, it's a mess, but nothing gets more attention of mine than this league. And I don't know what it is. <laughs> like it's a $20 buy-in. Like right. it, it's, this is nothing of, of real significance in terms of finances or it's just, Mm-mm. I know, I think it's because I know so many people in this league. Right. And I just enjoy, I enjoy winning fantasy football, but I really enjoy beating this group of people. <laughs> and I haven't done that yet. So, so it's captivating to me. So, you know, I was fortunate to fortunate enough to win a 96 team, a Roto heat league last year where I just got totally lucky and beat a bunch of guys that I don't really know, but this is, this is almost an intimate environment of people you love to beat because honestly, this, there's, 18 great guys in this league like i think we're blessed with the people that we have in it and we're down to what 14 great guys left so it's a ton of fun and um you know i just every week the first thing i do is see who's who my lineup is who are we playing look at that team that didn't survive see who's there see if i want to bid or not um throw out some bullshit comments in the chat about time to spend all my money. So somebody will go, Oh no, and spend more than they want to just little gamesmanship like that. Um, sooner or later though, I'm going to have to spend, I told you I was going to only spend half my budget mm-hmm. in the first half of the season. And I have $80 and 73 cents left till I get to the half part of my budget. So I'm close. I might have to go back on what I said. We'll see how this week plays out. I'm glad you brought up your budget. Nice. Um, because after checking out what Anthony had spent, I took a quick look to see what you had done. And it didn't look like you had won any players this week, which leads me to the obvious question. Did you bid on any players this week? No, I, I had originally put in three bids and then I mm-hmm. pulled them all at the end uh, before last night. I decided that. Who were I your bids on? Felt uh, Joe Mixon was one. Mm-hmm. I believe George Kittle was available. I think I had a bid on him. George Kittle is not available because George Kittle is on my team because I tried to trade him to Anthony. Oh, yeah. Who was, <laughs> was there a tight end available? I'm trying to think who. Because, like, truth be told, I need a tight end, right? right. I, I've got Waller coming up on by on week eight. So I tried to do some deals for tight ends today that didn't work. Um, I don't know who the other two were, but they were really lower, lower bids that I didn't um, really have much. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say interest in or desire in, but it was, uh, I'm just going to pull this report up because it's bugging me, but it, it was Mixon for sure. And, and it was a ridiculously low, low, low bid. Like I wouldn't have got him. Sorry. It was Amari Cooper was another one. Um, and I think that was it. I think I had two and then I pulled them both back. Just, I just took a look at, at the landscape of the league. Um, Curtis is up against it. I think he's in really tough this week. Um, so I'm going to play the odds that he's the guy that's most likely going to get chopped. And then I take a look at week seven. And as much as I love Stabs and want him to kick to stick mm-hmm. around, 
he won't be able to put a lineup in at this rate. And he's going to drop some seriously nice fantasy assets to build a roster that might just get eliminated anyway. So I'm going to roll the dice that I can get through week seven and then I'm into week eight and we'll go from there. And week eight is the, is the, uh, the week I've been chopped the last two years. So trying to break, break a personal best and get past week eight, but we'll see. But yeah, I just decided to pull back and not, you know, I dropped the, the comment in the chat that I was going to spend a ton of money to hopefully get some things going. And, and we did, you know, like we had, you know, Nixon for 369 and Kyler for 311. Mm-hmm. That's music to my ears. I like seeing guys spend money. Not that those were bad acquisitions. I think they're a little high, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's a potentially top 12 running back and a potentially top three quarterback. So uh, if you're going to spend your money, spend it on good players. And I think that's what Corey did. I think if someone was to look at what I did this past week in waivers, they might question Mm -hmm. uh, the strategy on putting bids in on two injured players. Okay. I will say that part of what you just said, thinking there's a good chance you can survive this week and next week, just with a culmination of injuries and buys did factor into that. So I just want to address that real quick. The first one was, Jerry Judy for $44. I think if Jerry Judy's mm-hmm. healthy, there's no way you get him for $44. That was my first thought on, on, the, on the Judy bid. And I don't think he's back this week. I think there's a good chance he could be back week seven. And if not, then I just hope that Stebbs does what we expect him to do. Mm-hmm. And then I can get Judy in week eight. So I don't need Judy this week, but I feel like I had to get him this week because otherwise the amount of money I'm going to have to spend is going to be triple digits and I don't want to do that right now. The second thing was, and I know you made fun of me for this and you should, which was getting another tight end. It's kind of similar. (laughs) It's going to get Gronkowski, who I don't know that he's going to play this week. And again, I I don't think that I need him this week. But my thought is once again, if you look at what Gronk was doing before he got hurt, and we assume that he can do something similar when he comes back, I have to pay probably at least triple the $55 bid that I got him for mm-hmm. to go and get him later. And it also, you know, Kittle is on IR, so that obviously hurts me. But mm-hmm. my thought was, these are two guys who I think are, when they get back, are going to produce well. And I can buy, I don't think anyone, I didn't think anyone was going to even be looking at them this week, honestly, because I think most people are bidding to, you know, save their backside. And I've just kind of been fortunate enough where I've outperformed what I thought my team would do. And so I thought I could take a risk, get two guys who I think will perform well when they get back. And like I said, I think they would cost me way more if these guys were healthy. I think so too. But you think if you bid $4 on Jerry Judy, you would have got him? No, no. Cause I think there's, I think there's, I mean, and here's what I'd say. That's a possibility. But first of all, I know, I think there's someone out there who has no, no cash who would drop like a $10 bid, hoping he slips through, through the cracks. And maybe you're right. Maybe I would get him for four. And at that point I have to decide is saving $40 right now worth the possibility that when Judy comes back, he is averaging somewhere between 17 and 20 fantasy points. And I don't know that he can do that, but in the, in the healthy games that he'd played in, that was kind of the track he was on looking like mm-hmm. the main target for Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you're right. Maybe I could have got him for four bucks, but it, you know what it was for me was if I miss out on this, I don't know what the next wide receiver is at his skill level that I can get for less than 50 bucks. 
and hey, like I said earlier on, I spent a hundred bucks on Tyson Williams. So I'm not exactly a um, guillotine league financial advisor by any means whatsoever. I just, you know, I look at your team, you have the third highest mm -hmm. weekly scoring team. You have $800. You have one player on by this week. You're in good shape, my friend. You know, and I joke with you that it's not a tight end premium league, but at the end of the day, fantasy points are fantasy points. So if you right. get them from George Kittle and is who's your other tight end Gronk and who's the other one? Mark Andrews. Well, he's okay. He's so, not okay. He's, he's the, he's the number two tight end in fantasy. Yeah. And, uh, man, he ruined me and, and saved me <laughs> this past week. It was crazy. But, um, so yeah, you have three. So let's say they're wide receivers. Those are three mm -hmm. top 20 wide receivers. So good on you. You know, I think your biggest obstacle will be, and I, and I think I know what you're doing is you're waiting for that Dalvin cook Kamara post by, you know, let's face it. We're circling. The vultures are flying over Curtis. Right. <laughs> and once, if he goes, then I think that's where you go to get your running back. So I think you played this very well, my friend. I will admit there was a part of me that thought, just wait till a big name running back who I trust is available. And Joe Mixon doesn't fit that for the second part of that sentence. I own him in multiple leagues. I do not trust him. And if he was so, tradable, if he was tradable, I would trade him in the leagues I have him in. Mm -hmm. I don't think I don't. You said before you think he has the p potential to be a top twelve running back. I don't think people are paying that in dynasty leagues for Joe Mixon. No, because there's just right. so many people have such a bad history with Joe mm -hmm. Mixon, and, and last year, and and maybe even this year. Um, we'll see. But uh, I need a tight end, and 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 you have some. I do. I tried to do this last week, and, I, and it didn't go well. Yeah, but that was Anthony, right? Like, you know, sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, students only as good as a teacher, for lack of a better term. That's fair. So do you want to sell high on Mark Andrews? Ooh, ah, that's a tough one. I got Mark Andrews late. Oh, that late. doesn't do me any good. He's on by the same week. Forget <laughs> it. I don't think you want to do that then. You almost, you almost had it there because, well, you almost had that because I would have had two guys on by and I would have, like, had to hang myself. But, uh, no, I don't know what to do. I don't know when Gronk's coming back. And I don't know when Kittle's coming back. So I guess we just won't be able to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think trading in this league is so tough because of the depth, because of the way injuries have shaken out. And I, if I can be honest, I think like in a regular league, I think there's like maybe a guy or two who you're hesitant to trade with. Cause maybe, you know, you don't trust him. Like he's a Leone kind of type. But <laughs> in this league, I feel like everyone feels like, that they're getting boned in a trade because they're like, oh, this guy's trying to get me. He doesn't want to be the guy in the bottom. He's trying to put me on the bottom. I feel like everybody feels like they're getting a rug pull in a trade like this just because it's so like – it's funny. It's such an emotional thing seeing yourself at the bottom and just being like, yeah. oh, my God, am I going to get – I remember – might have been last year or the year before. I was in the bottom, and it was like – Sunday night and Julio Jones caught like a screen pass and took it like 50 yards for a touchdown. And that ended up saving me. But like before that, I was like, this sucks. I hate the way this feels. You know, like you look at, um, you know, we have the infamous 0.22 that I, mm -hmm. it sickens me that I even uttered that phrase. Um, and the situation where we put that all on Tyreek Hill when it wasn't all on Tyreek Hill. And last week for Blair, you know, we focused on Latavia. Because that's the money. It's the last guy he mm -hmm. has. It's his last line of defense. Right. But Kyler ran for one yard last uh, week. One. 
and he's a 40 to 60 yards a game quarterback. So right. there's so many variables in which you can get, get chopped. You know, Mark had what I thought was a really good team that somehow that team collectively took the entire week off. He had 80 points and was eliminated by Sunday afternoon. So things can happen. Things are weird. But there was a trade that went down in the league, and I don't know if you saw this or not. And it's it went awful. down today. It's awful. And it kills me because I need a tight end. And his Buffalo his... Bills are involved in this trade. They, their fingerprints are all over it. Dawson Knox for Cole Beasley. Okay. Look. What? What is that? What's happening there? I like I like every member of this league, sort of Anthony included. Okay. Here's what I just want to say. I have a lot of respect for whoever those two managers are. I can't remember who it is off the top of my head. That's an awful trade. I could tell you. Do you want to know who it is? No, because I want to say it's a terrible trade. Okay. That's a terrible trade. For, for whoever. For the Dawson Knox owner? Uh, for whoever got Cole Beasley, that's a horrible trade. Right. Because, and I'm going to be on this briefly, I, I don't know that he's a bill at the end of the year. I think – I think that I think the fact that he has been as outspoken about his feelings towards mm -hmm. the vaccine as he has been, and there are other players on that team, Josh Allen included, who have said some things about you know being hesitant towards it. But Cole Beasley has made himself a borderline distraction because of that, and I don't think it's a coincidence that in a game where they put up a lot of points against Kansas City, and he got like two targets. Okay, it's not yeah. like they were. It's not like they were killing the clock, or that they were, you know, up a ton against. Like when they were playing Houston or Miami, and they got up to an early lead. Okay, they're gonna stop throwing, but like they had to put points on the board in the fourth quarter for some Bills fans, myself included, to feel mm -hmm. comfortable that they were gonna win that game. And he gets two targets. Like he's just not a part of that offense right now. And you know who's a very big part of that offense right now is Dawson Knox. And I didn't see that coming. And and good on either. Dawson Knox. And, you know, your Bills are a legit Super Bowl favorite. Rolling. Uh, where they're playing both sides of the football. And you don't want an unvaccinated no. incident to derail you right. moments before the AFC Championship. So I think there's something to that. I think Cole Beasley could move on. And if he is released, he's still an unvaccinated 30-some-odd-year-old wide receiver that may struggle to get work. So. It's interesting, but I look at Dawson Knox and he's on by in week seven steps. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, wait, no. Did he trade for him? Yes. Oh my God. I mean, he's going to help. But him. he traded a week seven buy for a week seven buy, right? So. Sure. Unless the idea there is Knox goes off again this week and you're able to trade him to somebody who can eat that bye week. And he can get someone who's not on a week seven by that gives similar production. I, I don't know. You know, we could, we could ask him what he was thinking and I'm not sure that it would be any more. Well, he'll be on here in a couple of weeks. You can ask him then. <laughs> I have a, can I get some advice from you? Like totally unbiased, even though you're in the league with me. I mean, that's not a good idea, but yeah, you can. Sure. That's great. How do I get Dawson Knox off of him? Do if you're stabs and you're looking at, over 50% of your roster on by in week seven. Do you want a player or do you want money to move that player? I see where you're going at with that. 
thinking that he's going to need money to go and fill out a roster. Unless you're going to offer him an obscene amount of fab, I think it has to be a player. I'm going to try to offer him somebody on buy in week seven. What do you think? If you get him tonight, he might take it. He might. No, the but only, I think only week seven buy is Austin Eckler, and that's not happening. The, the issue, if it's lower amounts of fab, like not an obscene amount, is he, that's no guarantee that he ends up with a player because he could get outbid by somebody depending on who he puts that fab towards, you know? So you could give him, I don't know, I'm just going to use a round number. You could give him $100, okay, for Dawson mm-hmm. Knox. I'm not sure if that's amount you'd be okay with. I'm not sure if that's an, an amount he would be okay with. Right. And if he goes in on somebody like, you know, if he goes in on somebody like Dalvin Cook, that hundred dollars does nothing to guarantee him that he's gonna get Dalvin Cook because Dalvin Cook is gonna go for what do you think? Four hundred bucks, five? Something like that? Uh I don't know because he's banged up, right? So I don't know. See, I don't think Dalvin Cook plays this week simply because Minnesota's on by in week seven. So I think the Vikings rest him into the bye and hopefully have him a hundred percent for week eight. But I also think we're one in six going into the bye and firing our head coach. So I think there's a lot of things that are going to happen in Minnesota. But Dalvin Cook's still 400 bucks easy, I think. But I don't think he's five six. Like who goes for more? And and again, we're circling over poor Curtis's mm-hmm. team. Who goes for more, Kamara or Cook? If you could, and you can't, but if you could tell me Cook was healthy, I'd rather have Cook. And I say this as sure. someone who owns Kamara. And before last week. I felt like this happened all the time. It's similar to my DK Metcalf thing where almost without fail, Kamara scores the first or second drive and then he doesn't get any more work in the passing game the rest of the game. And I just, and I don't understand that for a team that has a hard time generating long drives and sometimes just points in general that you would decide on a team that's lacking healthy elite level weapons Hey, you know, do you know what we're not going to do? We're not going to put the ball in the hands of our best skill player. It, I, I can't wrap my head around it. I think Sean Payton hates fantasy football, right? Probably, like he brings sure. Taysom Hill in in the wrong times for us and, and situations like that. Like I think he just actually chuckles to himself and, and knows his job is secure. He has that job as long as he wants. And his team isn't very good throwing the ball to Alvin Kamara or not. It's just the Saints are – they don't know it yet, but they're rebuilding. So – I don't know. I guess I just sit on my team with the way it is and see what happens come week six, seven, if I'm fortunate enough to be there, because by no means am I a hundred percent safe. Um, but I need to, it's my only real buy concern because it's a, 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 a kind of a onesie position. I only have one of my rosters, so I don't know what to do there. So I want to float an idea to you for this league. And I want to just preface this with, it's a bad idea. But it's an idea nonetheless, so I think it should be considered. I'll probably be all in. So I don't know if you've ever watched or recently watched, say, a reality show like Survivor, or -hmm. if your wife at any point has forced you to watch portions of anything from The Bachelor. Okay. But routinely in those reality shows, someone will be eliminated, they're gone, and then at a random interval within the course of the season, they are back. So here's what I would like to propose. Right now, we, we started this league with 18 teams, correct? Yes, sir. What if next year we started this league with 16 teams and at two random intervals throughout the year, when a team is the low-scoring team and they are 
eliminated, that owner is no longer a, an active part of the league. But instead of their players being cut for everyone to pick up, a previous eliminated owner gets to come back and now manage that team. It's a bad idea. Yeah. It is a terrible I, idea. But I but think I like it would it. be like, because here, here's really how this works. Last year, one of those people who would have come back would have been Blair. Sure. Because, because of how he was trolling everyone in the chat. He's the villain that returns. This yeah. year, depending on when he goes out, it could be Leone. It could. But what if that owner comes back and wins the league? All's fair in love and war, my friend. Oh, man. So how do you determine at what interval somebody comes back? Oh, that, you know, I'll be honest. That sounds like a question for someone who was the commissioner of this league, which I yeah. am not. So to be totally honest, like to be totally transparent, he doesn't really know what he's doing either. So, <laughs> huh. <laughs> I like that idea a lot. Um, I think we have like milestone weeks. Mm -hmm. And then... Oh my gosh, this has got me thinking. So do you tank in those weeks? Like if you don't have the greatest team and let's say we go week one, week eight are the two bounce back weeks, we'll call them, where if you're chopped in week one or you're chopped in week eight, you come back. Or how about this? How about it's a $20 buy-in and if anybody wants to pay $30, they make themselves eligible to get back in after they're chopped. That's interesting. I don't think you can tell people when the when when someone's going to come back, because but that's, it has to be predetermined somehow. But why? Why? It could well, be predetermined because I'll just, pick, I'll just be, pick me when I get chopped. I'm saying, okay, it could be predetermined by you, but it shouldn't. I guess what I'm saying is it shouldn't be public information. So I need to have someone like say yourself in concert with me, and we do some randomizer and sure. it just spits out a number and we say okay this is the week we don't tell anyone you know and then we we unveil it in season two of this fine show and there it is i like it i know yeah. other guillotine websites allow you to buy insurance i don't know oh, how they really? work because i don't buy it and I'm, I'm too cocky so i just don't i'm like i don't spend it money i'm not gonna lose so but yeah we'll see so I'm I'll be curious to see what people in the chat have to have to say about that idea. Like I said, it's not a good idea, but every once in a while I'll see like my, my wife will religiously be watching the bachelor and I'll see someone who mm -hmm. theoretically was gone is back all of a sudden because the producers have decided, Hey, this person was enough of a, you know, enough of a, you know, what stir that we're going to bring them back and it's going to be so much drama and it's going to be great for their ratings. And for us, it's just our amusement. Um, I think it's a bad idea, but I think it's a bad idea we should consider. How about, oh my gosh, you've got me thinking now. So do you watch Big Brother? I, d I don't really watch reality shows, but my wife does. Okay. So occasionally I'll be in the room when they're on. But no, I do not. Right. Fill me in. So though. Kevin, it's okay if you watch The Bachelor. You don't have to blame your wife. Like I watch it sometimes too. But What so if like, I didn't have a wife? What if I didn't? This has just been a, like, a, like an, an elaborate ruse the whole time. Like you're just some single bachelor loving guy. And I just love watching the, I, just, I like that. I just I like love that watching narrative. ABC. Yeah. I love it. Um, <laughs> Big brother. They take, I think it's from like the last six people mm -hmm. and don't get me, don't quote me on this. Cause I'm far from a regular watcher of the show. My, my kid got me hooked on it, the Canadian version. So it's probably totally bastardized, but anyway, there's the last like six or eight people go into the jury house and then it ends up with two people on the show. And the jury determines which one of those two wins by voting. 
So what if the jury determined the lineups of the last two teams in the final week? That would be, that would be so nuts. The, The jury would have to be able to come to a consensus on the rosters though, right? Yeah. And let's face it. We wouldn't have, we wouldn't really be able to get them to agree on that. Would we? No. But I, I love the theory. I love the because theory. Because part of, of it is part of the, it is all gamesmanship, right? So let's, mm-hmm. again, play this out. Leone's down to the final two, and the jury is picking his lineup. Well, everybody hates the guy, so they're going to pick his worst players. Brian Hoyer. I just added Brian Hoyer to Leone's team. Well, I wasn't thinking you could do add drops. because I know, I know. That would be even way I more know. enjoyable. But, um, and, and both teams in the finals will have disgustingly good mm-hmm. rosters but it would be fun so as always my friend you have given me a lot to think about you know the first time I was um, fortunate enough to be on the show you gave me you left me thinking what have I done in this draft and I'm fortunate enough to still be here and now because you're just such a thought provoker you're thinking of how do we make this great format that we all love even better I have to be honest. I do like I do like the villain coming back. That's pretty cool. I've been sitting on this idea for about three weeks now. Can you imagine? <laughs> you finally get Anthony Leone out of this league, and then it's it's like wrestling, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh my god, that's Anthony Leone's music, and out he comes right. down the tunnel, right down the ramp, and it's like, oh my god, we have Anthony back in the league. Yeah. No, it I think would people be people would lose their minds, right? Like people would actually lose it. But, you know, I also think too, though, if you said, hey, there's two points throughout the season where we're going to bring someone back who was chopped, the prerequisite to that would be you have to be active in the chat. Yes. Because that keeps people engaged after they don't traditionally have something to do in the league, you know? Yeah. One more thing I want to ask you. You asked me to give you some advice. I don't need you to give me advice, but I do have to bring you in on something. Sure. In Superflex 48, yeah, Geno Smith was available, obviously, this past mm-hmm. week when waivers ran. Yeah. I had $1,000 of my fab left. I had not spent a dollar. Yeah. And I decided I was going to own Geno Smith. What would you mm-hmm. have bid, and what did I end up bidding to guarantee I would get Geno Smith? I'll tell you it was not $1,000. Okay, so I will tell you this. In the... Superflex 96 team mm-hmm. tight end premium league. I have the most points scored out of the 96 teams. And if the league ended today, I wouldn't make the playoffs. And my cool. quarterbacks in that league are Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson. Yeah. So I said to myself, Hey, this Tyrod Taylor and Taysom Hill also on my roster probably aren't going to cut it. Right. Geno Smith's on waivers. I had spent some money and I spent $500 and I was fortunate enough to get him. I would say you probably spent about 800 bucks today. You know, I feel very good about the fact that I only spent $600 to get Geno Smith. Nice. Yeah. I, I was thrilled for 500. And I think what's really exciting about it all is like, you know, and I know he's nothing like he finished that game. No, he's not. Like he's, <laughs> He's awful. Like he's going to be so bad. Like that was the best two and a half quarters of that young man's life and good for him. It was national television. I'm very happy for him and his family, but it's straight downhill from here. 
Before I let you go, I almost forgot about this. We have to ask you who you'd rather punch in the face. Yeah. Would you rather punch Andy Dalton, who you traded a first-round pick for last year? Yep. Aaron Rodgers, who I know deep down in your soul, you cannot stand him despite maybe rostering him on fantasy teams, or Anthony Leone. So in a a moment of utter desperation, and I think we get caught up in this sometimes as as fantasy managers, not wanting to lose the week that you're in. Mm -hmm. I made that move and traded a first-round pick for Andy Dalton, arguably the worst trade I've ever made. It's bold. I've, I've been a Minnesota Vikings fan for the vast majority of my life. Truth be told, I was a Houston Oilers fan first mm. because of Warren Moon. Sure. And then I became a Minnesota Vikings fan when Warren Moon went to Minnesota. And I stopped following Warren Moon after I left and I stayed in Minnesota. So um, I have had a, a strong, strong dislike for Brett Favre that transitioned into a very strong dislike for Aaron Rodgers. I have had the pleasure of working with Anthony on the Roto Heat team for probably a little over two years. Uh, Anthony used to post videos in our Facebook group to the point where I went to Anthony and said, you need to join our team. So if anything, I might be responsible for all of this. Hmm. So if you line up those three fine gentlemen in the, in a row, I am without a doubt, no hesitation whatsoever punching Anthony Leone in the face. That's not where I thought you were going, but okay. Yeah, like you got it. You got it. Like, come on. Like, truth be told, he might be one of my favorite people that there is out there, mm-hmm. but I just love hating the guy I like so much. That's fair. All right. I've asked people this question a number of times. Anthony Leone's been a choice like three different times. You're the first person to actually say they would punch him, though. Yeah. And, you know, I think I have a ton of respect for the other people that you've uh, asked this question to, but they just lack the honesty, in all honesty, you know, like, like they got off the pod with you and they were like, who am I kidding? I would have punched Anthony. Rob Sullivan. Thanks for coming by, man. I appreciate it as always. It's been an absolute blast and I'll, I'll be back for a third time after I win this thing. All right. Sounds good. (laughs) Take care, buddy. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the officially unofficial Roto Heat Guillotine League podcast. We'll be back next week. Guests to be determined. In fact, if you just want to come on the show, drop me a message in the league chat. We'll see if we can work something out. We heard from Rob today. Anthony Leone was here the week before. Maybe it's going to be who gets cut. Maybe it's not. Not everyone wants to come on the show. It's not everyone's flavor. And that's all good. Not a problem. Just happy to be doing it for another week of our awesome guillotine league. Take care, guys. Talk to you next week.